Good morning, everybody. Today, with Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samach Dalad in Maseches Kiddushin. We're supposed to be getting a list of Chayalim, uh, Netanel's platoon. Uh, we know so many people out there. Thank you, uh, Moshe Marwick, Shlita, for uh, what you've done for Klaus, for all the stories that have been coming out. Uh, suffice to say, we're going to try on this Rosh Chodesh, Mar Cheshvan, to have a uh, sweet Cheshvan and to, Bezat Hashem, be able to have health and happiness and shalom for Klai Yisrael and all our chayalim and all our citizens everywhere, all over, especially in Eretz Yisrael, Achenu, Yisrael, should uh, see shalom and health and be restored to uh, peace. Okay. So, Samach Dalet Amid Aleph, the Mishnah. You got it, Barry? Kidash Yet B.T. We have to thank Andrew for the fact that we start five minutes early? No, that we're starting Oh, yeah, Andrew, thanks for doing all the homework. Tonight, B'nai got a B'nai Ruvain. He was up, he pulled an all-nighter Friday night. I apologize to everyone who was hoping to see the Machlokas in the Mishnah about the tonight, B'nai got a B'nai Ruvain. Do you understand? The, the, it's, I, I still, I said it then, but I'll say it again. The Lumdus is fascinating. I'm sorry I'm getting off track, Andrew. It's kind of on track. The whole question is, when Moshe Rabbeinu, right, this was the solidarity. We're talking about Klaus on solidarity, about how we spoke on our side of town. It, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Bnei Gad Bnei Ruvain, if you fight, you'll inherit the land. If you don't fight, then you won't inherit the land. Was this already, was the second part of the statement already obvious when he said the first part of the statement? So if you say it was already obvious, so then why did he have to reiterate it? So then the answer is because Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to tell you this is the structure of Tznai in general whether it's in Kiddushin or in Aaron, any other uh, financial matter, this is how <coughs> Tanaim should be structured. Or maybe he had to say it this way, right, in order for Bnei to understand what he was saying, in which case you learn nothing about Tanaim. It just happens to be unique to that case. I think it's amazing that that's a mechlokas. I think uh, we try to do the Tanaim like Bnei Ruvain because um, we want to make sure that we're fulfilling all those uh, conditions. Anyways. Now, the mission. So thank you, Andrew, we got here. Kidashti et BT. Thank you for pointing that out, Barry, that we have to thank Andrew. You guys are really mending fences. See, the, the Achdus is already beginning in Klal Yisrael. Kidashti et BT. I gave my daughter and for Kiddushin. Okay, so Kidashti katana. So as the Mishnah points out, both of these cases, whether you, a father states that he either gave his daughter for marriage or that he gave her for divorce. The Gemara will ask, what do you mean gave her for divorce? He, that's not a thing. A, a father can give his daughter for marriage. He can accept divorce on her behalf while she's still a katana, as the mission says, she katana. But he can't initiate that, so we'll see uh, what this means. But the bottom line is, if a father says that he either gave her his katana daughter for, for marriage or, or accepted her divorce, Viharehi Ketana continues the Mishnah, if she's still a Ketana, Ne'eman. He's believed to have said so, right? So again, why is that? I'll already give it away. The Mishnah is going to try to say, the Gemara is going to try to explain. After all, <clears throat> the father has the authority to either give her in for Kedushin or to accept divorce for her when she's still a Ketana. We know that, right? Because we already learned Maseches Gittin and some of Kedushin and Ksuvah. So we know that the father has the power to do that. Uh, and because he has the power, right, He's Ne'eman, because it is Beyado, right? Uh, because it is, in fact, in his power to have done so supposedly in the first place, and therefore it is for that reason that he's believed. In other words, as an Eid Echad, you wouldn't be believed. This has ramifications. What are the ramifications? The Rashi explains, right? La post kahuna, right? If she's been married and divorced already, she can never marry a Kohen again. So how do we know whether she's been married and divorced? Well, if nobody else knows even if the father, right, is going to be the one to testify that he did it, he and he alone will be believed because he had the power to do it in the first place. Okay, that's the, mm-hmm. uh, that's the mechanics here. However, once she is already uh, of age, once the girl's already of age, that even if the father claims that he did, he accepted the Kiddushan and the Gerishan on her behalf when she was a Katana, He's not going to be believed. The Gemara is going to explain why. Then the final point of the mission, if the father says that she was captured, 
and I was po to her. As we know, unfortunately, this used to be, uh, as Rashi says, she's puzzled the kahuna because there's a suffix whether she was violated. Um, so if the father testifies that he did that, the father is not going to be believed. And again, if you're going to follow through the logic of the mechanics, well, the father can accept, right, Kiddushin or Gershon on behalf of his daughter, but the father isn't going to sell her off to be violated by, right, by, by uh, Listim, so to speak, right? So since he doesn't have the power to do that, he loses, right, his Nehemanas, right? He doesn't have that extra special reason for why he's believed, and therefore he's not going to be believed about that, and he can't puzzle her from, Ketuna, uh, from Kahuna that way. It would be crazy for him to make this up. <clears throat> why is he making it up? He obviously doesn't like this Kohen very much, this uh, potential Chassan, and he's trying to say, no, she's puzzled to you, okay, that kind of thing. The father's trying to, uh, to puzzle her from marrying this Kohen. Okay, so now the Gemara wants to know, in this particular case, what he's talking about is when... When she's, why is the father, talking about the first two cases, right? There's three cases. In the first case, the father's testifying that, he's, that he accepted Kiddushin or Gershon on behalf of a Katana, and she's still a Katana, and he's believed. When she's already a Gadola, he's no longer believed, even though he's testifying about something that happened while she was a Katana. So why, asks the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Reisha biyadeh, seif alav biyadeh. In the first case, it's still at the time that he testifies. It's still in his power to accept the Kedushan or the Gershon, okay? And in the Seifa, right, in the second part, where, it, where he's testifying, even though he's testifying about when she was a Katana, at the moment of his testimony, she's already Gedola, and since at that moment he no longer would have the power to either accept Kedushan or Gershon on her behalf, he is no longer believed. Says the Gemara, below? Is it true that he still doesn't have the power? So he says, Wait a minute. The second part is here. I'm sorry, Rashi Biyade, Father's back to Seifa. The second part of the Mishnah. It's talking about um, the abduction, I, I believe, in the second. Seifa Love Biyade is talking about the abduction in this case. Uh, right? Because this, this, the Rasha here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rashi explains. Rasha. When the Rashi says "Seif alav biyado," lekatcha mishagadla v'lola mosra biyadovet kachavim. Right, so lekatcha mishagadla. Right, to be lekatcha once she's older, v'lola mosra biyadovet kachavim lo gedola v'lo katana. Okay, so he's talking about the last two cases. Okay, so the, I guess the whole point is uh, it's a combination of what I said. Basically, the only case where he's believed is where he, was, he did the Kiddushan and the Gershon while she was a Katana, and he's testifying while she's a Katana. Why is he not believed in any other case? So first of all, the Gemara says, So that would be addressing the second case. So there's three cases, right? The first case is where he's accepting Kiddushan and Gershon while she's a Katana and testifying while she's a Katana. The second case is when the testimony itself is when she's a gadol, and the third case is when he's testifying that she had been abducted. So this is already addressing the third case where she had been abducted. So saying, why does he not believe to say that she was abducted while she was a katana? After all, he could have sent her off to marry a halal, which is to say he could have accepted kiddushin on behalf of a halal. Who's a halal? A halal is a right uh, offspring of a coin that, that married somebody who he shouldn't have married. Right, a non, uh, a non-allowed union, where he initially was a coin and now he's a halal. So says the Gemara, halal kasha. Kuri ben Yehuda, because that we could say is our Tana is like Rabbi Dostoy ben Yehuda, who says what? Benos Yisrael mikvatar lechalalin, an unbelievable idea, that even if you let your daughter marry a halal, it's like halal laundering. A kosher daughter who marries a halal actually the offspring would not be a halal, right? So in other words, a, a kosher woman with a halal is herself still fit to marry a kohen. That's the point. She herself doesn't take on the status of the halal. That's what it means when she's a mikvah tahar halalin that the halal himself, he is, his status can't be restored. But her status doesn't get affected by the halal, right? It was also for the halal's parents, the kohen, and the, right, the illicit relationship of the coin, it was 
excuse me, usher for their parents to uh, to be together, and therefore that's why the halal resulted. But it's not usher for the girl to marry the halal, and therefore, why are you saying that a halal would make would be the same thing as an abduction? A halal wouldn't have any effect, according to Rabbi Desai ben Yehuda, on the girl. So therefore, that's certainly not a reason why you'd be believed. Again, Barry, if the halal would have had an effect on the girl, then the, and it's true that the father could have accepted the kedushin on her behalf, and if it would have had an effect on her, then that would make him believed to say that she was abducted, because it would have the same impact on the girl. But if you hold like Rabbi Desai, so then it has no impact on the girl. So then, therefore, why should he be believed to say that she was abducted? Says the Gemara, So maybe he could have accepted Kiddushin on behalf of her by a mamzer. Because after all, we learn, as the Rashi explains later, that Kiddushin Tovsin Bechayve Lavin, and that even though there's a Chiv Lav, apparently, the, uh, presumably the Lav would be on the father. The father can accept Kiddushin with a mamzer, even though she's really not supposed to accept Kiddushin mm-hmm. with a mamzer. If he were to accept it, would the Kiddushin actually work? Perhaps, uh, presumably, yes. And that would be an Isser. So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Kiva, Well, that's a machlokas. Rabbi Kiva famously says, and we've already learned this, right? That, that Rabbi Kiva famously hold, we learned Ksubis, that when you have a Chiv Lav and there's an Isser to get married of any kind, Rabbi Kiva would say that Kiddushin isn't Tophis. Well, if Kiddushin isn't Tophis and the father really isn't, even if he, he could accept the Kiddushin all he wants, the Kiddushin isn't going to work. So if the Kiddushin isn't going to work, so then that's never going to be a scenario that's going to be Matamahar because it never took place, took hold in the first place. So according to Rabbi Kiva, there is no scenario that is parallel to the father, right, uh, saying that she was abducted, right? Once there's no parallel, then he's not believed to be abducted. Again, because we're assuming that the whole mechanism for why the father is believed is because he can initiate it in the first place. He can't initiate any kind of kiddushin where she, it would be also for her. Okay, so the Gemara says, wait a minute. That's not entirely true because Well, okay, this is a very unique case. It would have to be that his daughter is already in Almana and he somehow found a Kohen Gadol. <laughs> right, so already we're using a very limited case. But if his daughter was in Almana and he found somehow the Kohen Gadol was an eligible bachelor that was willing to marry her, then that presumably would be a condition that would take hold. Right? And how, why, why would that condition take hold? Didn't we just say that Rabbi Kiva holds that no condition that's also would take hold? Yes, yeah, says the Gemara, because of the Rabbi Simai. The Tanya Rabbi Simai Omer, I mean, Hakol, also Rabbi Kiva, Mamzer, Chutzme, Almanolakoin, Gadol. Right? Because Rabbi Simai said that even Rabbi Kiva, who holds that any, any kind of illicit marriage does not take hold, would still say that in Almanolakoin, Gadol, despite the fact that it's Usser, would in fact take hold. Why? Because it's Xer Sakasif. It's explicitly kind of alluded to in the Psukim. How so? Cher Amar Torah, you have to look at the Psukim. Barry has to lay in the Psukim for us in Vayikra Chafalif. It says, Almano Grusha Vachalala Zona es Eloi Kach, Kim Besulam Amavi Kachisha. It says that, uh, Koin Gadol is not supposed to marry any of these women. And then the next Pasuk says, Veloye Chalel Zaro Beamav, Kiani Asher Mekatsho. That you're not going to be, you're not going to cause a Zera Chalal by having these, right, illicit relations. So says the Gemara, says that the Kohen Gadol shouldn't marry any of these women. One of them is an Almana. And then says, And the next Pasuk says, you shouldn't profane his, his Zera. So the fact that those two Psukim are juxtaposed teaches you that those illicit relationships for the Kohen Gadol will not create Mamzerim. It's a Gzerim that forces Rabbi Kiva, who otherwise causes all of these relationships to cause mamzerim, right? Which, which caused, um, right? Because of that, right? That Rabbi Kiva would have to agree that in fact, Rav Simai would, would, would say that that union is not going to cause mamzerim. Therefore, right? It would, if it doesn't cause mamzerim, it must be the Kedushan Atophis. Ah, where's the Musr? That's a very good question. <laughs> Let's see if we can tease out some Musa. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Not everybody holds the Rav Simai. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yeshevav. Famously, Rabbi Yeshevav said, right, 
that the Amar Bov and Itzvach Akiva ben Yosef, right? He called him Akiva ben Yosef. This is already a famous idea that we've already discussed. He did not like the fact that Akiva ben Yosef was proliferating Mamzerim. Because why? Because he said, Shaya Omer, because Akiva ben Yosef said, Kol She'ein Labiyah B'Yisrael Havlad Mamzer. Akiva ben Yosef was proliferating, Rabbi Akiva, who he referred to as Akiva ben Yosef, was proliferating Mamzerim. Because he said, any time that there is a, uh, right, that there is an illicit relationship, the Vlad's going to be a Mamzer. So, in other words, Rabbi Yosef rejects Rabbi Simai's assertion, right, that Almanal Kohen Gadol will be Tophis, according to Rabbi Akiva. So now we're saying, what is the sheet of Rabbi Kiva by an Alman Alakoin Gadol? Would the condition be Tophis or not? If the condition is Tophis, like Rav Simai says, so then maybe, maybe you would believe a father to say that his daughter was abducted. Whereas if the condition is not Tophis, like Rabbi Shevav claims within Rabbi Kiva, so then there is no scenario where the father would be believed, and therefore he shouldn't be believed that his daughter was abducted. That's, that would be okay. That would be, that would be what our mission says, because our mission, in fact, says that the father is not believed. And that's what the Gemara continues to say in its analysis. The Gemara says, So this would all make sense according to Rishavav, because according to Rishavav, the father wouldn't be believed. But that's only true, That means to say, if he is giving his own interpretation of Rabbi Kiva. What does that mean? His own interpretation implies that Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Sheva's interpretation implies Rabbi Kiva holds that all Chai Ve'lavin are Aser. That would actually uh, mean that if all Chai Ve'lavin are Aser, there is no case where it's Be'yado of the father, right, to create the Chi of Lav. However, says the Gemara, If all Rabbi Sheva is explaining is to try to get it out of Rav Simai's interpretation, then Harei Be'yado Lehasiya Lechai Ve'asei. That in fact, the father would still be able to marry off to Chayve Asay. Remember, Alman al God is a love, right? You're not allowed to marry an Alman al God. What's a Chayve Asay? Chayve Asay, as Rashi explains, right? Mitzri ve'edomli toch gimel doris. That's not a chiyuv love. That's like a chiyuv Asay, right? You have to, right? Says the Gemara. This is Rashi rather for Lola Hosef Ela Chayve Lav and the Kahuna of a Bemitri Vedomi Tochimel Doros Shehin Chayve Asay Mode the Kiddushin Tofsinba. Right? If you have a Mitri or an Adomi and it's a third gener and it's within three generations, so then the Torah doesn't say don't marry them. The Torah uh, says, right, you should only marry them after the third generation. It has a language that's a positive language, a Chiv Asay. But once that's a Chiv Asay, that is a lower Right, type of prohibition, because it's not considered an Isr Lav in the same way. And maybe in those cases, the condition would be Tophis. And in those limited cases, because they exist, the, because the, the father could theoretically do that, he should be believed even in the case of an abduction. Okay? So this is the kind of conversation that goes on. We're trying to maybe tease out some muster by saying that we're trying our very, very hardest to understand what are the logical underpinnings of the Mishnah when leaving no stone unturned. But now Ravashi comes, and through all this convoluted cases that we're trying to figure out, he throws the whole thing out and makes it simple. Okay, you ready, Barry? So, sometimes, Andrew, you have to just, instead of trying to, to find the hard, circuitous way, try to find the more basic way, which is as follows. Amaravashi. But He challenges the whole premise. Is it really true that the reason why the father is believed is because it's within his power to effectuate this? That can't be the reason why he has his Naamanus. <laughs> that whole premise is wrong. The father's not believed because he can, in fact, initiate all this. Why? Didn't he be other Lakacha? Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe he could take and 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 uh, create a condition for his daughter. But Biyadu Lagarsha? But the whole premise is what? The father, we said at the very beginning of our mission that the father's believed to say that he was Makadishar or Megarsha. Well the father could never initiate Garishin either. Right? So this whole idea that it's Biyado isn't true, right? The ode and not only that, says Ravashi, but let's say the man who the father approaches, the chassan, doesn't want to marry his daughter. Is it really entirely within a father's jurisdiction to marry his daughter off? Not really. You need to have the chassan agree to it. So, right? Can the father really uh, force the girl upon this dude against his will? No. So the father isn't really the one who's initiating anything. It's not entirely in his control. And therefore his ne'emonus can't come from, 
can't right come out from the fact that he has the power to control the situation. So therefore, why is he believed in the case of the katana? Says Ravashi, Ravashi Rachmana because in the case of a katana, there is a special dispensation in the Torah. The psukim in the Torah teaches you. So this idea that an edechad is typically not neeman to say that she is mikdash and we believe that. But there is one aid that the Torah says is Naaman. What's that aid? The father. Kedar Ravuna. That's what Ravuna taught us. Amar Ravuna, Amar Rav. Ravuna said the name of Rav. Minayin lav shenaman laesar zbita minatara. How do we know for, that a father can be Asar's daughter minatara? Because the Pasuk says, Shenamar esbiti nasati laish ha zeh. That's what the Pasuk says. Right? Amar Ravi anara elazkenim esbiti nasati laish ha zeh. Leishavi isnael. Right? In that context, it says laish asara. When the father first says that he gave her to a man, right, you have to follow the steps of the limud. When he said leish, he restricted her because after all, once he said leish has leish, she is at that point also to everyone because we don't know yet who the ish is, right? He hasn't, so to speak, if you follow the pasuk step by step, he has not yet revealed who the ish is. Hazeh, hitira. And once he says this man, he identifies who the, right, the lucky man is. And now she's muttered to him, and it is in the sequence of the Pasuk where you see the father has the power to asa her, the father has the power to be mater her, and it is embedded in that Pasuk the father's ability to say, she was Mikudeshes, she wasn't Mikudeshes, she was Migureshes, she wasn't Migureshes, all of those things he's believed to say. However, says the Gemara Ben Yisuin, Himna Rachman Himna. Right? So what do you learn? You learn all of the principles of our Mishnah from that Pasuk. Which is to say, you learn that once, she, whilst she is the Katana, he's believed, to, he's believed in all matters of Kiddushin, whether Kiddushin or Gerushin. That's whilst she is a Katana. That's the first thing you learn. And so therefore, in the first case, when she's still a Katana, he's believed. In the second case of our Mishnah, when she is no longer katana, he's not believed, but not because he has no control of the situation, simply because he's no long, she's no longer out of that Nehemiah's jurisdiction that the Torah prescribed. And then in the third case, where it has to do with, with uh, abduction, the Gemara says, It's only with respect to Nisuin that he's believed. But but with abduction, he's never believed, not while she's a Gadola or while she's a katana. And it is for that reason that our Mishnah says that it doesn't matter whether she's a Katana Gadola, he is never going to be believed to say that she was abducted because even though it impacts her Nisuin to a Kohen, it is not a testimony about her Nisuin and it is only testimony about her Nisuin and her Gerishin that the Torah allows and only while she's a Katana. And that is therefore, that Pasuk, according to Ravashi, is the source of our Mishnah's Halacha. Okay? So that's that Halacha. Now, a new similar idea as follows. Says the Gemara, Mishnah. Misha Amar Bishas Mitaso, Yeshli Banim Neeman. Yeshli Achim Eno Neeman. What's the case? Case is like this. You have a husband who, who either want, who doesn't want or wants his wife to have to perform Yibum. As we know, because we've, we've also had to learn in Masechus Yibamus, that if a man either has children uh, if a man has children, so then the woman is going to not have to do Yibam. So if he says, Yeshli Banim, and she was unaware, so she, let's say he has, bro- he has brothers, then it doesn't matter. If he has brothers and sons, there's no Yibam. If he has no sons and he has brothers, then there's Yibam. If he has no brothers or sons, so then you can't do Yibam because there are no brothers. So either way, the Mishnah says, Eino Neman. He's not believed in these cases. Um... <coughs> And this is, as the Mishnah says, as we'll see, Bishas Mitaso, right? So for whatever reason, he's not believed to talk about family members that we have not heretofore ever met, right, in order to get her in or out of Yibum. And now the Gemara is going to discuss why. Says, oh, right, I apologize. Oh my goodness, thank you, Barry. Barry saved me. I lost my mind, Gar- um, Garanowitz. Barry saved me. I, 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 I missed a line. I missed, I missed the door. Thanks, you, Barry. I missed a word. Let's go back. To say that he has children and to pater her from Yibam, he's believed. 
to say that he has brothers, and now all of a sudden she's chayev in yibum, ain't neman. There he's not believed. Thank you, Barry. So the Mishnah is saying that basically what the Mishnah is saying is that to force her into yibum, he's not believed. To get her out of yibum, he is believed, right? Because to say that you have sons gets her out of yibum, and therefore for that he's believed, right? To say that he has brothers, that obligates her to yibum, and therefore he's not believed. Thank you, Barry. Says the Gemara, that's what it sounds like. The Gemara says, Alma Neman Lahatir, right? Right? If you read the Mishnah as I just did, it sounds like he's believed in every case where he's Matihur. Matihur means that he's Matihur from Yibum. In other words, right, he's on his deathbed, she never knew that he has kids. Now he says, I have far I have kids in, in wherever, in Sri Lanka, and you're Pata from Yibum. He's believed. That's what it sounds like in our Mishnah. Whereas if he says, you know what? You think that I don't have brothers, therefore you're putter from Yibam. Well, I have brothers in Sri Lanka. Then he's not believed. That's what it sounds like. To force her into Yibam, he's not believed. Says the Mishnah. It says the Gemara, if that's the case, in Masnisin, the Loka Rabbi Nasan. Our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Nasan. The Tanya Bishas Kidushin Amar Yesh Lobanim. Bishas Misa Amar Ain Lobanim. Right? So now, Rabbi Nasan is quoting a Mishnah. And I mean, Rabbi Nasan is quoted in this Brisa, rather. And the Brisa says the following case. The case adds an additional wrinkle. Our mission is only discussing what he said when, at, at his deathbed, right? The Brisa is talking about he changed his tune. At the time of marriage, right, when he was in the courtship stage, he said, Yeshli Banim. He said, Don't worry, I already have children. You'll never have to do Yibum, okay? And then, Bishas Misa Amr Ein Banim. And then he changed his tune when he was at his deathbed and he said he had no children. Thus obligating her to Yibum, right? Or, says the Baraisa, Bishas Kiddushin Amr Ein Achim. At the time of Kiddushin, he said that he had no brothers, right? Which would have pottered her from Yibum. And then Bishas Misa Amr Yesh Lachim. Bishas Misa, he says that he does have brothers. And now she's Chayv in Yibum. Ne'eman lehatir ve'ein ne'eman le'esor. Diva Rebbe. Rebbe says he's believed Lahatir and not Laesar, which if you're paying attention to the case in the Brisa, it what it really means is he's believed at the time of the Kiddushin. He's not believed when he changes his tune at the time of his death. Because don't forget, Barry, both of the statements that he made at the Kiddushin were to try to write and reinforce that she's never gonna have to Yibum, to do Yibum. Right? Both the case to say, I have I already have sons, or to say I don't have brothers. They both are serving the same purpose, which is to say, at the Kiddushin, he said, you'll never have to do Yibum. And then at the deathbed, he revealed, maybe you actually do have to do Yibum. Says Rebbe, you're only believed at the Kiddushin. Whatever you said then, that's what you, we believe. We don't believe you now in your deathbed. That's Rebbe. And Rebbe Nassim Omer, Afneman Le'esor. And Rebbe Nassim says, we even believe you at your deathbed. Okay? So while the fact that we already believe you at your deathbed... To obligate her to Yibum sounds like it's against our Mishnah. Because after all, our Mishnah makes it sound like anything that you say that's going to pot her from Yibum, you're believed. Anything that you're going to say that's going to mechaiv her to Yibum, you're not believed. Whereas Rabbi Nussan is going to say, even if we say that she's not going to be chayiv in Yibum at Kiddushan, and then you change your tune and you say you're chayiv in Yibum at your deathbed, Rabbi Nussan say we're even going to believe you then. So the Gemara, why would that be? Is our Mishnah really not like Rabbi Nasan? So Amarava shiny Hasan, not necessarily. Rabbi Nasan might agree with our Mishnah. Why? Maybe the situation in the Bryce is different because what happens is when a person retracts something that they said their whole life and retracts a, a narrative at their deathbed, maybe we could say that he's telling the truth because people typically say the truth in their deathbed. And therefore, Rava is trying to in, imply the following. He's going to say, look at life. When it comes to life, what happens is sometimes people have a, live their whole life with a false narrative, and then they tell the truth at their deathbed. So Rava is saying, maybe that's why Rabbi Nassim believes him. Because his whole life he lied, but now because he's saying at his deathbed, we believe him that he's going to undo the lie. There's a little bit of a musr in that. That's what Rava is trying to say. Says the Abaye, however... This is going to be unbelievable because this is the second time. It already happened last week. I said it was a Yal Kagam. Last week was not a Yal Kagam because I think it wasn't a Psak. But this week, 
this right here is one of the Yalka gums where we believe in Abaye. We pass on the Abaye instead of Rava. Says Abaye to Rava, Velav called the Abaye was really on the ball over here in these, these uh, Gemaras and Kedushin. He says, Is it more likely that, that, it's, that, that what you're saying, Rava, is not true? What is that? As follows. I'll say it outside first. Again, what is Rava's contention? He says that Rabbi Nelson might agree that when a guy lied his whole life, so to speak, and then was talking on his deathbed and he undoes the narrative by telling the truth, we believe him. Says Abaye, wait a minute. <laughs> What's the difference between the case in the mission and the case of the Brisa? The case of the Brisa, the reason why Rava believes him is he li- because he lied his whole life. In our Mishnah, he never made a statement that was wrong his whole life. The first time we hear from him about the issue is at his deathbed. Says Abaye, what? Because he didn't lie about it, we believe him less at his deathbed? That doesn't make any sense. If you believe him at his deathbed, then you believe him regardless of whether he had a false narrative his whole life. Let's read inside. Says Abaye, hashta In the case discussed right there, the Kamerai Dibure, where he was lying his whole life, Amart Kushta Kamar, and yet you, right, Rava is going to say that you're willing to believe him and to say that now at his deathbed he's saying the truth. Masnisin, our Mishnah, the law Dibure, where he didn't have a false narrative his whole life. Wouldn't you all the more say that he's saying the truth at his deathbed? In other words, if he was a liar his whole life, you're willing to believe that he's saying his truth at his deathbed. So if he was a truth teller his whole life, you're not willing to believe him? Of course he's willing to believe him, which is to say, the fact that he's saying it at his deathbed should not be Right, um, you know, you should. Be, if that's the reason why you believe him, then you should believe him both in the Brisa as well as in the Mishnah. Why would he lie when he's dying? Right, who lies? right. Who lies at their deathbed? Right. Why would he lie when he's dying? Right. And yet our Mishnah says that if at his deathbed he says Yeshli Achim, he has brothers, he's not believed. So what's going on? That's what that's what Garanowitz and Abaye both want to say. So El Amar Abaye that this is the reason. This is what's going on in our Mishnah. Masnisin the lo Our Mishnah deals with a case where the husband was never presumed to have brothers. We never heard of these brothers. Right? As far as we knew, this guy had no children, he had no brothers, right? He was totally single and Damrinan came to the Amar And in that case, there's a lot of lambdas here. So since there's no assumption that he had either children or sons, so then if he says he has banim, he's believed because then he's going to potter his wife from Yibum. However, if he says he has brothers, he's not believed because lav kol the asr la akule alma. Because he himself, right, is presumed to have had no brothers or sons, he does not have the power to restrict her on the whole world, right, and to make, uh, to make her now how is he, why is she restricted on the whole world? Because we don't see these brothers anywhere. So where does he get the power to asser a woman? In other words, right, it's all a question of, does he have the halachic, so to speak, authority to asser this woman, this poor soon-to-be widow, from marrying anybody? Of course we don't give him that authority. So because we have no reason to assume that he has either brothers or children, right, so then we're only going to believe something that's going to allow this woman to continue with her life. We're not going to say this guy all of a sudden with his edus echad has the ability to, right, to actually asa her. And those are the underpinnings of the Mishnah. So our Mishnah makes perfect sense, Barry, right? Anything that's going to asa her is not going to be believed because that's, she can't move on with her life. And we have no chazaka to believe that, that there, these brothers really exist. We're not overanalyzing whether he's lying or not lying. We're just saying if it's going to asa her, we're not going to believe it. However, the Brysa, on the other hand, the Mukhlaklan, as we turn Sankhtan on base, the Mukhlaklan Ba'ache, right, where we have a Chazaka, because he had already told her when, during the courtship, that he had brothers, right, and he was presumed to have no children, because after all, when he was courting her, he said, you're never going to have to new Yibum, right? So if the husband was presumed to have brothers and not presumed to have children, Darmin and Mali Lashaker, right, and there, at Kiddushin, we have, we have to believe him. Why? Because at the Kiddushin, what would be the point of him lying? My Kamar. What do you mean? What, what do you mean what would be the point of his lying? Maybe he lied because he wanted her to, because he knew that, he, that this was a girl that never wanted to have to fall to Yibam because she thinks Yibam is weird and she's not interested in it. So then maybe that's why he, he lied. Says the Gemara, no. He didn't have to lie by making up that he had relatives that he doesn't have. After all, my what could he have done to tell to right to encourage her that he, she's never gonna have to yibum? 
he could have said, Matsuyamar Patarna La Bigita. In other words, at the time of Kiddushin, he could have said that I don't worry about it. I'll give you, if I ever see that I get sick, I'll just give you a get. And therefore, you'll never have to do Yibum. In other words, there are other things you could say to a woman, to a potential Kala, to let her know that you're not going to do Yibum other than uh, making up relatives that you don't have. You could just tell her that you're going to give her a get. Well, since you could just tell her that you could give her a get, then when you say that you have relatives, you're believed because you had no reason to make that up. You could have, uh, again, reassured her that there would be no yibum in other ways. And therefore, for that reason, you're believed. And because you're believed then, that's why, right, Rabbi Nassan is, necess- is going to even say, Af Naman, uh, maybe that's the reason why that case would be different where you might be Naman Le'esor, Right? And therefore, that would be the Machlokas Rebbe and Rabbi Nassan. How so? The Gemara spells it out. It said, Rebbe, Savar, Mali, Lashakar, Ki, Edim, Dami. An unbelievable idea. The Rebbe says that this Mali, Lashakar, this is a, we've, we'll finish this part up until davening with nuclear lambdas, and then we'll resume with the Mishnah after davening on Samachdal and Bez. Rebbe, Savar, Mali, Lashakar, Ki, Edim, Dami. The Rebbe says when you, this idea of this Nehemonus, of Mali, Lashakar, is so strong, it's as compelling as testimony of witnesses. Once you have the testimony of witnesses, that testimony can come and uproot the presumption. In other words, his original claim at Kiddushin was so compelling that it's like Edus. And therefore, it nullifies any assumption, right, that she's eligible for, for, for the, in fact, so it, it creates a, like a new reality that she's ineligible for Yibum. Wow. Once she's en- ineligible for Yibum, Rebbe is never going to believe him. Even if he, at his deathbed, he changes the mind, Rebbe is going to say, nope, you gave Edus at Kiddushin and we're not going to believe him. Your Mali Lashaker was so strong, we'll never believe you again, even at your deathbed. Whereas Rabbi Nassim says, okay, Savar Mali Lashaker Kichazaka Dami. It's true. He had no reason to lie. And that's a very compelling reason to assume that he said the truth. But guess what? He's at his deathbed now. That's also a compelling reason to believe that he's saying the truth. And therefore, the Mali Shaka Ki Chazaka Dami. It does establish a certain assumption, like a Chazaka, we'll call it an assumption now, but Lo Asi Chazaka, Vraka Chazaka Lagamre. But one presumption cannot completely uproot the later presumption. So at his time of death, he also has a presumption that he's telling the truth. Because after all, people will tell the truth at their deathbed. And therefore, if he states that his wife is eligible for even at his deathbed, then maybe the, maybe then, he would be believed at his deathbed. So it's a really, at the end of the day, in the Brysa, it's a machlokas, Rebbe and Rebbe Nassan, as to how much do you believe this? Mali Shakar? Is it like Adis or is it like merely a chazaka? So we'll resume with the Mishnah, Bezat Hashem, after davening. Okay, so resuming with the Mishnah on Samach Dalet Amad Beis. We, um, so again, the Mishnah, when we started on the top of Samach Dalet Amad Aleph, was talking about the power of the father, how much believability does the father have to say? The Torah says the father can, if his daughter is a katana, he is believed to report whether she was married or not because, uh, because that's what the Torah says, right? It's not necessarily a question of believability. It's just a question of that's what the Torah says, that we believe him, okay. Then the next Mishnah talked about a husband. Does a husband, what is his believability relative to Yibum? Can he tell his wife that, heretofore never heard of either siblings that he has, which would obligate her to Yibum, or children that he had, which would um, absolve her from Yibum. Do we believe him in that context? And we talked about an unbelievable love this uh, with regards to uh, whether whether the uh, the idea that Mali the Shaker, the idea that at the time of the initial courtship, if he had no reason to lie, do we believe that all the way to assume that it's almost like the power of testimony, like Edim, or do we say, no, it just establishes an assumption, a chazaka, but that assumption can be undone when he declares something at his deathbed. So those were two issues. Now we're going to combine, the collaborate, the father and the potential chazan are going to collaborate here to create one big mess, not one where either of them have an agenda of believability, but Barry, they all forget what they what the case was, which is to say, as the Mishnah resumes, or starts, I should say, a Mekadesh is Bitostam. A man is Mekadesh's daughter. Sometimes a man has many daughters, right, Barry? In this particular case, he married, he, it gets to the point where you have a few eligible daughters simultaneously, and you're ready to marry them off, and you don't even remember, and you don't necessarily even care which one, you just want to start marrying them off already, Barry. So he says, 
a Makadosh is Bito Stab. He says, you know what, I want to be Makadosh my daughter to a certain man. He doesn't even specify which one. He doesn't care which daughter it is. Take one of my daughters. Well, which one of the daughters, right, he has a power to do Kiddushin. But don't forget, says the Mishnah, Eina Bogros Bichlal. In other words, if a father is Makadosh's daughters, he only has the authority, as we've discussed, to be Makadosh his, what? Minor daughters. He doesn't have authority to be Makadosh of Bogeres. And therefore, when he says, Mary, I am marrying one of my daughters to you, it is automatically assumed that he's only, being, he's only marrying off uh, a katana. Now, right, this doesn't help you if you don't know which katana it is. But let's say all of, the, all of his daughters were of age, right? They were all, right, in their late 20s. And he happened to have one daughter that's, that's still a katana, that's 11 years old, so then when he says, the Mekadosh is Bito Stam, it's assumed that it's the one that's Katana. It has to be the one that's Katana because that's the only one he has the authority in Mekadosh. However, what if there's a case where there's more than one eligible one and it's a little bit complicated? What's the case? As the Mishnah. As Rashi explained, let's say he had a first marriage and he had, I don't know, three daughters from the first marriage and then Rahman Atzlan, the, the wife, uh, passes and now he, he marries a second wife. He remarries and now he has three daughters from a second marriage. The Amar What happened? There's a conversation based off a confusion. Kiddushin took place and he doesn't remember who he was Mikadesh. So now we have Kiddushin took place at the time of the Kiddushin, as Rashi explains, right? And as Nefarshim explained, at the time of the Kiddushin, we knew who the Kiddushin was for, but we can't remember. Nobody can remember who was Mikudesh. It's a wild case. Well, if you can't remember, you have to go to Chumar, right? And somebody's here is an Asha Sisha, Andrew. We can't just, what, do they all have to get a get? What's going to happen? So it says in the Mishnah. The Amar Kiddush is He remembers one thing. He, he remembers that he gave the, one of the older Kiddushin to a certain, to, for Kiddushin. The Odea im Gedola Shibagdolot. I don't know if it was the eldest of the older group or Gedol I don't remember if it was the eldest of the younger group. Or Ketan Maybe it was the youngest of the oldest group. Shehi Gedol Shibik Gedol Because after all, it's two groups of girls, right? The oldest group from the first marriage, right? When he says Gedola, maybe he meant the youngest of that group. Because after all, the youngest, as the Mishnah says, of that group is still older than the oldest of the second group of girls. Says the Mishnah, Kulan Asur Asuros. When he says that Kidashi Bita Gadola, he could have meant any one of these girls. Except there's one that the only one they couldn't have meant meant. The youngest of the youngest group is the only one that wouldn't be called Gadola. So Rabbi Meir says that you have to worry about all the group, girls. So in this particular case, let's say there's six girls. Five of the girls are gonna have to get a get are gonna have to, you know, have a you get in order to um, sort this out. The only one that's assumed not to be betrothed is the youngest of the youngest because he would never call her the Gadola. He said, I gave the Gadola. The Gadola could have meant any of the ones in the first group because they're all older than the ones in the second group and really could have meant anyone in the second group too except for the youngest one because they're all older relative to that one. That's from Meir Shita. Wherever Biosi Omer, Kulon Mutaros, Chutzmin Agadola, Shabigadolos. Rabbi Yossi says, no, let's say in this case we have three and three. The youngest five are all mutter. It's assumed that what? The Gedolosh of Gedolosh was the one that was Mikudeshes. It must be her. Why? So we'll see in the Gemara. But it stands to reason, Rabbi Yossi makes some sense because after all, why did he say Gedola? Rabbi Yossi is assuming that when he said Gedola, he was, that we take it to assume the only one that makes the most sense. In other words, the only one that's distinguished by being the oldest is the oldest of the older group. That's Rabbi Yossi. But we'll see in the Gemara a better, a more robust analysis of Rabbi Yossi's Shita. Be that as it may, that's the first case with two groups of daughters. The second case is as follows. Kidashi biti ktana. The converse. A man says, I gave my younger daughter for Kiddushin. And again, he doesn't remember which one it was. Was it the, the youngest of the younger group or the youngest of the older group? Or maybe it was the oldest of the second group who, despite being the oldest of the second group, is still younger than the youngest of the older group. Says the same exact uh, Machlokas, Rebbe and Rabbi Yossi, 
And the Gemara will discuss why we need both cases. But be that as it may, the Mishnah continues and says, Kulan Asuros, Chutzman Agadol Shavagadol, Sivir Mayor. The Mayor, just like he said in the first case, he's now going to say in the second case, when you, when you single out the youngest, everyone's going to be young, everyone's going to be Asur, except for the Gadol Shavagadol, the oldest of the oldest group. This is the exact, right, parallel, uh, as it were, of what he had said in the first case. Whereas Rabbi Yossi Omer, Kulan Mutaros, Chutz And Rabbi Yossi still agrees with himself. He says they're all Mutar except for the youngest of the youngest group. When he said the youngest, he must have meant the absolute youngest group. Says the Gemara. Haktanos Bichlal. What's the case here? The very first case in the Mishnah. By the way, I had mentioned that Abaye was on a hot streak. This is a Gerardowitz Musser moment, right? We're always with Rava, but Abaye was making a lot of sense the last two times, but we haven't gone to the Yalkagam yet. Yaal Kagam is the acronym of the six cases out of the hundred of cases where Abaye and Rava disagree, the six where we paskin like Abaye, we're about to get to it now. We didn't get to it yet, we'll get to it now. The Bidazimate, the first case was the Mekadashabito Stam Ainabogaris Bikal. We said that if a man says that I'm Mekadash one of my daughters, right, then none of the older daughters that are of age that are no longer Kitanas are included. That's obviously true. Right? Because why? Because the father only has the power to be Mikadosh the Ketanos. Says the Gemara, Haktanos Bechlal. Well, that implies that daughters who are minors would be included. So that would mean that if he had multiple young daughters, each of them, in fact, would be considered Mikudeshes, and he'd have to get a get in order, for all of them in order to sort it out, because he doesn't remember which one of them he actually gave over. Says the Gemara, Shmas Mina, Kidushin, She'ein, Mesurin, Labia, Havu, Kidushin. Wow. Wait, what does that mean? Kiddushin Shein Masurin Labiyah Kiddushin means the following. In order for Kiddushin to work, it has to be for a singular girl. Because if Kiddushin, don't forget, let's say he had three daughters that were Katanas, this father, and all three of them were Mekudashas. The Kiddushin, nobody could actually go ahead and have Nisuin with any of these three girls. Right? This is what Rashi explains. Nobody could have Nisuin with any of these three girls because why? Because they don't know who the Kiddushin was for. In other words, there's a, one Hassan and there's three mystery Ketanos, right, who are all sisters. The Hassan doesn't know which one he was, right, Mekudish to. He can't go ahead and perform Nisun with any of them, right, because he doesn't know which one it was. He, they have to sort it out. Well, that's called the Kiddushin She'ein Mitzur and Labia. Well, right, because he can't go ahead and, and, and continue with Nisuin. Well, if he can't go ahead with continuing Nisuin, then why is the Kiddushin a problem altogether? Why do they need to get a get? After all, don't you say that Kiddushin only works if, in fact, you can follow through with Nisuin? Well, that actually is a machlokes. It happens to be, Barry, a machlokes, Abaye, and Rava. Oh. And Abaye happens to hold that despite the fact that this chassan cannot continue with Nisuin with any of these women, the Kiddushin itself would still take hold enough that you would have to get a get in order to dissolve the Kiddushin. Well, so can he marry we, all of them? But he can't. Oh, can he marry all of them? Well, there's... Uh, uh, well, the, the fact of the matter is, who was he married to now? Who was he, who was he betrothed to now? He can marry, you say he can marry all the sisters once he was Mekudish to all of them, but the question is, who is he Mekudish to now? You're saying he could either get a get from all of them, give a get to all of them, or do Nisun to all of them. So I, that, that's, uh, I'm not sure, but the point is that none of these Kiddushim would already take place unless you would hold, like Abaye, that Kiddushin that cannot do Bia, uh, right, that he can't proceed with Nisuin, in fact, would take hold enough to the, to the, to the extent that he would have to get or get. Where does Abai hold this? In Kiddushin Daphnin Beis. And in fact, the Kuf in Ya'al Kagam, uh, stands for where we hold like Abai, the Kiddushin She'en Mesurin Labia, Havu Kiddushin. Okay? So this is Abai's hot streak, and one of his Ya'al Kagams is right in the midst of it. Very good. What's Ya'al Kagam? Yalkagam is an acronym for the six cases, right, where we hold like Abaye over Rava. Wow. In all of Shas. Okay. So now the Gemara says, Well, uh, Mishnah, right, in order for our Mishnah to work and to say that he's, that all the Kitanos, right, would be Mikudeshes, you'd have to say that we hold like Abaye, that, the, that they were Mikudeshes despite the fact that you couldn't proceed with Nisun with any of them. Or you could say, that this Mishnah does not reflect on the concept of Kedushan, Shein, Masur, and Labiyah. Simply, there only was one Katana. If there only was one Katana, so then it is Masur and Labiyah, because that's the only one. She's the only eligible one, right? So that's what this means, looking inside again. 
What's the case we're dealing with? Change sham elek gedola v'katana. There's only two daughters, one gedola, one katana. In that case, it's obvious that only katana is v'kodeshes. So the Gemara, wait a minute. That's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says bogros, right? Says the makash bitostam ein ha bogros bechlal. Bogros sounds like there are multiple daughters here. So if it's multiples, my bogros, bogros to alma. So the Mishnah says the Gemara says, well, even though bogros makes it imply that by extension that there was multiple older daughters, multiple, therefore, possibly younger daughters, and we're talking about a man with many daughters, and therefore, it doesn't sound like the Mishnah, in the, like in the Mishnah, like there's only one of each, the Gemara is simply saying, no, this Lushan of Bogros is not necessarily impl- implying multiple daughters, my Bogros, what is it actually saying? Bogros to Alma. It just means, in general, well, when there are adult daughters, or adult, or minor daughters, but in this particular family, there only was one of each. Perhaps that's the case. In other words, despite the fact that the Mishnah says it in the plural, it's just saying in plural, that's the halacha in general, but this particular family had only one of each. So it's like, oh, wait a minute. Pshita, if it's really true that you're going to say there's only one adult and one minor daughter, then of course it's true that he's only Mekadish, the younger one. He, what kind of chiddush is it to teach you in the Mishnah? Now you're teaching me that he can't be Mekadosh of Bogaris? We've known that for, for months, okay? So then the Mishnah wouldn't be teaching any novelty. Says the Gemara, no. There is a chiddush here in the Mishnah. Well, how so? As follows. Perhaps you have a case like this. The adult daughter, the Bogaris, appointed her, him as her shaliach to accept kiddushin from anyone who approaches him. In other words, right? She says, Dad, you can accept Kiddushin from anyone at this point. I'm ready to get married. You might have said, You might have thought that maybe the father accepting Kiddushin is doing it with his adult daughter in mind because she actually pointed him as a shaliach, so of course he could do that. In other words, like this. The case is the man has one adult and one minor daughter. Typically, a man only has the power to, the authority to be Mekadesh. A father only has the authority to Mekadesh his minor daughter. But here, we're talking about a very unique case. He has one adult and one minor daughter, but the adult daughter did, in fact, give him the authority as Shaliach to be Mekadosh Kiddushin on her behalf. And now a man comes, and we don't know which one he accepted Kiddushin for. So now you can say, well, of course he accepted Kiddushin for the minor, because he can only do so for the minor. No, in this particular unique case, the adult daughter also gave him authority to accept Kiddushin. So you would have thought, we learned no. That in this case, even though he could theoretically have accepted the Kiddushin for the older daughter because she had given them the authority to do so, that is not the way of the world because a person would never abandon the opportunity to be Mekadish's older daughter for free when he could, in fact, be Makadish's younger daughter and get Hana. What Hana? The Hana is money. What kind of Hana? Money? Yeah. Because when a father is Makadish's younger daughter, what is he getting out of it, Andrew? Kosher money. He's allowed to get that, right? In other words, who gets the money in a Kiddushin when a father is Makadish's minor daughter? The father, right? We've already talked about this. We've learned Gittin and Ksuvas. And who gets the money in parts of Kiddushin? And who gets the money when a father is a Shaliach and a Makadish as a Shaliach on behalf of his older daughter? The older daughter. She's of age. He's just a shliach. He's going to give her the money. So it's assumed, therefore, says the, right, the Gemara, that he was Makadish's younger daughter because there he gets the money. He was never leave the money on the table, as it were. Says the Gemara, Wait a minute. Maybe the case is Kiddushayah Maybe the case is the older daughter, right, wanting very much to be married and knowing that if he marries her off, that the Tati will uh, actually uh, have to give her the money. She wants to incentivize him to marry her off before her younger daughter. And therefore, he says, she says, what? She says, Tati, whatever money you get, you get to keep. I'll let you keep that. Well, once she does that, now it's an even playing field, isn't it? Now wouldn't the father just as soon marry off the older daughter first and get, uh, you know, get her off the table and then focus on the younger one? So the Gemara, not so. Not necessarily. Even in such a scenario where the older daughter is mevater on the money and gives it to her father, the father would still rather be Mikadosh the younger one. Why? Because it is indeed a mitzvah to be Mikadosh the younger one. 
the, to be Mikash, your younger daughter falls into the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, that is only applicable to younger daughters. And therefore, even in such a case, we learn in our Mishnah, it is the younger daughter that was Mikudeshas, even if it's Mikudeshas Stam. And so we assume that only the younger one was Mikudeshas. Shidduch Christus Andrew. Maybe all the, uh, Yisrael of Klai Yisrael find proper Shidduchim, uh, uh, Bekarov. Okay. Second wide line, two dots. Now let's talk about the older and the second. What does the father mean when he says, my older daughter? Does he mean from the older group, from the younger group? You have to have both cases. What do you mean? Well, we saw, when he says the oldest, does he mean the oldest of the oldest? Right? So Meir is choshish that he means everybody except for the youngest. And when he says the youngest, does he mean the youngest of the youngest? Or Meir holds that he means everybody perhaps except for the oldest. So what's going on here? Says the Gemara. If we only learn the first case when he says the oldest, there a mayor is worried about all the other girls being us or the came of the Ikazutra Because for every sister, but the very youngest, we say, since there's still a younger sister, that's why he called her the older one. When he says my oldest daughter, it means like my marriageable age daughter. So he could be in any of them. Except for the youngest one of Abba but in the second case, when he says the youngest daughter, maybe there he would be the Riyasi. Because since the Katana is the youngest, that's the only one that the father would call her that. Why? Says Rashi. In other words, whenever you have a, like an eligible marriage girl, you say, my older girl, my older girl. You could be in any one of the five girls in the case that we said, where there's three, uh, two groups of three girls each. Any one of them could be my older daughter. The only one he would never call the older daughter is the katana, right? And if you only had the dispute of Meir and Rabbi Yossi in the opposite, Baha come Rabbi Yossi, Right, only there would Yossi indeed say that halacha. Maybe in the first case, maybe there he would even agree with the mayor. And again, it's for the same reasoning. In other words, the reasoning is one is much more likely to call an older daughter, even though she's not the oldest daughter, the older daughter, because she, you're like emphasizing that she's of marriageable age, perhaps. Right, you never call anybody but the youngest one the older, and it's for that reason we need both cases. One to prove that Remeyer would hold, even uh, even right, Remeyer and Rabiosi that Remeyer would hold in the first case, that it might be referring to all three, da- all, all five other daughters, and Rabiosi, right, would would also um, in Rabiosi's chiddush that he's only referring to the youngest daughter would even apply where he says the youngest. So, Tzricha. That's why you have to have both cases, again, because of that assumption that only the um, youngest of the youngest is called youngest, and therefore you learn both cases. And again, in both cases, Rameir is Choshesh for all, except for the one that's either the youngest or the oldest. And Rabiosi is only Choshesh for the one that's the youngest or the one that's the oldest. To which Rameir continues and says, Lameir, the Rameir Sover, Machas Inish Nasi Lesveka, in other words, what's the machlokas? Why do Rabbi Yossi only uh, hold that he's referring to one daughter? Whereas Rameir is referring that he's holding to all five. Well, are you going to say that a person will place himself in a position of uncertainty? Which is to say like this. Does Rameir hold that people are just not very precise when they talk? And Rabbi Yossi holds that people, in fact, are precise and they don't want to put themselves in a, in a position of uncertainty? But in fact, we have a Mishnah in the Dorm Daf Samech that implies the opposite. It's not. Because we learn in the Mishnah the following. A person who says, you know what, I'm not going to have, Barry says, I'm not going to have enough from Andrew until Pesach. He can't have enough from him until Pesach arrives. What if he says, until it's Pesach? Then it's until the end of Pesach. What does Ad Pnei Pesach mean? Ad Pnei Pesach is kind of ambiguous. So Rameyer Omer Asur Achiyagiyah, Rabbi Yossi Omer Achiyetzei. says it's until Pesach starts. Rabbi Yossi says it's until Pesach goes out. Sounds like over here Rabbi Yossi takes this sort of like ambiguous statement and he's willing to expand from it. So isn't it Rabbi Yossi in fact that holds that people are imprecise with their language? So why is it in our mission that we say that Rabbi Yossi holds that people are precise with their language? Says the Gemara, Unbelievable. That we actually learn now that in, in the Mesechus Nadarim, in that mission, you have to flip it. Is it in fact Rameir who says that it's until after Pesach? Rameir holds that people are imprecise in their language. Rabiosi holds that they're precise. Nadarim, as we know, is a little bit less edited than the rest of the Mesechus, and therefore it is that. We treat it almost like a brysa and we flip it around. In fact, we have a brysa to support this flip in Nadarim. The, the brysa says, 
Reb Meir Omer actually Right? Any time when you have a Zman Kavua and you use the ambiguous Lashon of Ad Pnei, Reb Meir is going to say that you use it Ad Vad Bechla. In other words, you use the less, you assume the less precise language. That's consistent with what we said. Uh, uh, and it's consistent with our Mishnah. Right? In our Mishnah, Reb Meir assumes a less precise language. And in fact, that's true of Nadarm if you flip the, seat, the Shitas. And is in fact true in this Brisa where Reb says Ad Shiagia, where Reb says it's precise. Reb Meir says it's imprecise when people... Uh, when people talk and we treat it accordingly. We have a couple more minutes and we're almost at the bottom. It says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, here he is on a hot streak, Abaye. Now that we said that's the Machlokas from Rabbi Yossi, says Abaye, Machlokas Bishtekitze Bonos, Avalukas Achas Divakol Gedolam Amish. This Machlokas of precise versus imprecise of Rabbi Yossi is only where there's only one group of daughters. Right? Uh, I'm sorry, it's only when there's two groups of daughters and, they, and therein lies an even greater case of uncertainty. But when there is only one group of daughters, when he says the eldest, he's obviously referring only to the truly eldest, Katana Mamish. And when he says the youngest, he refers only to the truly youngest, and it's in agreement with what Rabbi says that it's actually precise. And sorry, why? Because any middle daughter, he would have called Shprinza. He would have called her by her actual name, not oldest, youngest. That's the way a guy says it. When a father speaks of his three daughters, he'll say, oh, my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter. But for the youngest one, he's never going to say, my middle daughter, that's not a thing. That's middle child syndrome. You don't do that. You call her by her name, Shpritza. So, so over here, we'll say the last line on maybe we'll resume there tomorrow to say, where do you go with? Oldest or youngest daughter or the middle? And then we'll resume there and we'll pick up on the very bottom of Samach Dalit Ahmed Bey.